This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hello, Liz. We are going to talk about all that ice that we had last week. but we So we want to hear folks' tips about how they survived it with their car or not with their car or bad things they did with their car that, you know, people can learn about. We are going to talk about different ways to... Uh, prepare for ice, how to drive on ice, how not to drive on ice. That's what this show is going to be about. I absolutely did not go anywhere from Sunday to Sunday, which is the very best tip. Do not go out unless you have to. But Allison, you went out and you also helped somebody with their generator? Yes, and I stayed up. Well, I was at my house, and my my heater wasn't keeping up, so we decided to go to my friend's, and we had to get pulled out of my neighborhood to get there by a four-wheeler to get up the hill in our neighborhood. It was so icy, we couldn't get up the hill. But once we were out on the road, we were fine. Um, we did see some wrecks out there, but then... We got to their house, and a couple days was fine, and then at night, the power went out, and so we had to get the generator running. <laughs> it was We were cold. <laughs> it was not comfortable. I worked on that generator from about 10.30 till 6 in the morning, and we, we gave up. <laughs> oh, gosh. We started the mission the next day and got it running. Well... If you go to Fix It 101 and listen to their podcasts, they've also talked about generators and during the the ice storm. But we're going to talk about cars. Let's go through some tips uh, super quick before we start taking our phone calls. What are some some tips about uh, preparing for? You know, getting ready if you know that bad weather is coming. Well, one thing um, you can do, and this is something you need to do anyway, is is check your tire pressure. Um, when your tire pressure is low, um, you lose traction more on icy or, or slippery surfaces. So it's very important to check your tire pressure. You lose pressure for every drop in the temperature that happens so you need to uh, keep an eye on that especially in these in these cold weather temps one thing i always do and especially during hurricane season two is you need to make sure that your gas tank is full no running around with this quarter tank of gas it's a i think it's a really good idea to you know, especially when you know bad weather is coming, to go ahead and get your gas tank filled up. What's uh, yeah, there were there were a lot of um, we noticed a lot of gas stations were closed, so you, you could get stuck easy with that. What's something else you can do to protect your car from the elements? Uh, something you can do is to put a uh, you know to get a, a a wax job done on your car. Um, and they have other coatings that you can put on your car these days that help protect against road salt and sleet and snow. And um, those help dramatically just with your car in general. So that's a, a good thing to get done to your car or do it yourself. It's not, it's not hard to do. 
um, just take some elbow grease and um, uh, washing your car with some high pressure water after these storms and all that buildup that was on it and your wheel wells and everything is a good preventive maintenance. Uh, maintenance that you can do to keep your coat looking good and protect it. I love this argument I'm seeing on not only social media, but by reputable websites to lift the windshield wipers up or not. Some folks think you should lift, if your car is going to be parked outside, lift the windshield wipers up so they don't stick to the glass. But then other folks are saying, no, 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 if there's wind, that's going to damage your windshield wiper mechanism. Allison, do you have an opinion on in uh, if expected cold weather is happening, if you should lift your windshield wipers up to keep them from freezing or if you should keep them down to protect the hinges? I can say that I wish we had left the windshield wipers up. Um, off the windshield because we did get stuck with them down and then as we were driving the big trucks or if there was a car in front of us was splashing snow and sleet up on the car and we couldn't use the wipers so I wish we had left them up on the vehicle we chose to to drive in um, because it it was bad we we couldn't see very well we had to uh, reach out the side of the window and wipe the window off as we're driving it was it was not fun Good. We're talking about how to prepare your car for winter weather and what to do during it. We want to take your tips, what you did right, what you didn't do right. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to the phones and talk to Tony in Brandon. Tony, thank you so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Yes, uh uh, glad to be with you. Uh, I have a 2006 Honda Ridgeline. Uh, it's got about 180,000 miles on it. And I uh, uh, had a rattle in the front end, and I bought some struts and put some new struts on it. Went and had it lined up and everything. And uh, it, uh, drives, it drives good, but uh, it still has a rattle in the front end. And in the mornings, whenever I crank it up and get ready to uh, back out, on the right side, there's a there's a pop, a popping, not a popping sound, but just one pop. And after I drive it, that you know, it, it doesn't do it anymore. You have any suggestions on that? Um, when you turn the wheel, is it popping, or is it while you're straight backing up? While I'm straight backing up. Um. You need to have it looked at, or you can do it yourself and raise the car up and literally pull and yank around on the suspension parts and see if something's loose just by moving it with your hand. You shouldn't be able to move anything easily. Um, Also, you can Google how to check how to move your tire to check to see if your ball joints are loose. And that's pulling from the 12 and 6 position back and forth and the 9 and 3 position back and forth to see if it's loose and moving. And uh, that's checking for bearings and ball joints and tie rod ends to be loose. Um, Mm -hmm. You also want to check your sway bar, move it around, 
and see if it's loose in a bushing or at the sway bar in links. So check your suspension out. Um, something is going on there that's that's causing that. Also, um, you can check your, your rack and pinion, but it sounds like something that's in your suspension is actually loose, like a tie rod in or something like that. Or, yeah. uh, you know, it's something in your suspension, your hub bearings or your ball joints or tie rod in. Well, everything everything seems to be tight. Uh, like I said, I took it to a front end specialist. They checked it all out real good. They said was that uh, I may have put. You, was it Roby's that you took it to, or? It was Roby's, yes. Yeah, they're really good front end specialists, and and they didn't yeah. find anything. Yeah, I, well, I know John Roby very well. He's, he's a friend of mine, and you know that's uh, that's the reason I took it to him. You know. I like to keep yeah, my business yeah. on the local level. But he said I may have, uh, when I put that strut on, I may have put it in a bind or something. I don't I don't know. Talked to a couple of other people, and they seem to think it might be the sway ball bushings rattling in there. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure yeah, what's yeah. causing that pop. Yeah. Uh, he may be right about that, and I, I trust their opinion on that. When you, when you put it in, maybe... Maybe you didn't tighten the bolts down in sequence or, you know, because you just slowly tighten all three bolts down on the strut tower. You don't tighten one down and then tighten another and then tighten another all the way down. I'm, I'm not sure if you, you know, did that correct or not. Um, that can well, they loosened all those up. They had loosened all those up and uh, whenever they did the uh, alignment, so that should have corrected all that. Not at the top of the strut tower. They okay. wouldn't have Okay, and so there's three, three boats up at the top violence. you're talking about, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so you may want to go down in there and um, loosen those up and then tighten down one, you know, tighten one down a little bit and then the next one a little bit and then the next one a little bit and then go around and, and a little bit more and a little bit more until they're all tightened evenly. And I got you. make sure it's, uh, it's in the right position on the top of the strut tower that you don't have some of it in a, a bind. Maybe it's turned the wrong way or something like mm-hmm. that, and just make sure you have it oriented correctly in the in the strut tower position that it needs to be in. So I, I yeah. trust them when they, when they say that that could be what's going on with it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Y'all have a good best day. Appreciate the info. Absolutely. Let's go to Janet in Starkville. Janet, thank you so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Hey, yeah, um, I did keep my windshield wipers up. And the other thing was I, I didn't drive, but when I had to, my mother wanted me to go get her mail. So I took her car, which is a Mercury, loaded down the trunk with uh, tools like a sledgehammer, a pickaxe, and a shovel, and a chair. Weighted it down really heavy. And that helps from not fishtailing when you go around a corner. And um, the other thing, it did come in handy because when I was out Saturday, I got stuck in a driveway. So I went to the truck, <laughs> the trunk, and got out the shovel and chopped ice until I had my wheels loose from the ice. So that was my thing, just to really make sure you got tip. all your tools. <laughs> You go, Janet. 
of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101. Podcast everywhere. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. If you want even more AutoCorrect, I hope you find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Here are the recalls for the week. Ford, the 2021 Bronco Sport, has a rear suspension recall. The Audi 2020 and 2021 Q7 has an airbag control module recall. And Ford 2020-2021 F-150 light-duty pickup trucks and super-duty heavy-duty pickups have a long and a long list of uh, 2004 Ford through 14 models have a defective Takata airbag inflator. We're going to have a list of all of these on our show's information page. But you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recall, and put in your VIN, or you can find their Safer Car app. We're talking about how to prepare your car for winter weather and what to do during it. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Allison, real quick, uh, we'll have on the information for this show a uh, make-it-yourself car kit. But what are some, when you go out to drive in it, what are some things you should prepare uh, something good to prepare is to have some warm clothing in your car or already be dressed very warmly. Um, gloves, especially gloves, uh, scarves, uh, hand and foot warmers are nice, uh, thick socks, a blanket, hat, and um, you know things to keep you warm if your car goes off the road or you get stuck in traffic. I know the roads were stopped at 
many points um, during this past winter weather that we had and people were stuck in their cars um, for a long time. Um, and if you don't have heat in it, you definitely need these extra precautions. But if, if you went off road or something like that, these things would come in uh, very, very handy for these temperatures. So, that, so extra clothing if you can. Yeah, don't think you're just going to run to the Dollar General in your flip-flops. You need to uh, be ready in case you have to get out of the car. Also, I I have a fascination, I guess a morbid fascination, of these people who go off the road and then just get buried for days. One of the things they suggest uh, on our website that, uh, on a website that we'll list all this information on, make sure you've got a flashlight with batteries, maybe a flare, a whistle to call attention to yourself. Don't forget about that phone charger or make sure your phone's all charged up. But what are some other things you should have in the car in case you do uh, go off the road and you're stuck in a ditch for a while? Um, having some bottled water with you or some snacks are a really good idea to have with you when you're out traveling in the in these bad conditions. Uh, also, your um, medications that you might need in a first aid kit uh, are, are some good ideas that we found that that are uh, very helpful. So. Um, you know, if you get stuck in these roads, you need something to drink and a snack because you don't know how long you're going to be there. And I imagine some of the wait times were pretty long to wait for tow trucks. And as I came to find out, because um, I made a, a post on Facebook about how were the tow trucks making it around, and they were like, well, they're not. Some of them were getting stuck, too, and some of them were sliding off the road and and wrecking themselves. So, so you're not guaranteed that they're going to be there to pick you up right away. So have some snacks available, some water, and some take some extra precautions. And Janet had the right of it. You know, make sure you've got maybe a pickaxe or a shovel or an ice scraper or something. Jumper cables, too, in case you need to either be a good Samaritan and help somebody else or you need to dig yourself out of. Today we're talking about... Jumper cables are a real good one. Oh, yes. Uh, They run down quicker in the cold weather, so the jumper cables were actually a few people I know needed them this, this past week. Always keep the jumper cables in the car. We're talking about how to prepare for a winter weather or how to, we're, we, we want to hear your tips and tricks, what you did, what you should have done. We want to hear about that. Let's go to Bobby in Pontotoc. Bobby, thank you for calling into AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question for Allison today? Well, first, let me say something. Uh, I carry a, a cardboard in my car or truck all the time it folds up and it says on it need help call police that's come in handy for me several times so that's something good to have but what i wanted to ask you about i'm scared to death i bought a brand new truck and it runs on gasoline about about a year ago now they're telling that everything's going electric and it's not going to be no gas station i usually keep my truck about 15 years you think i'm going to be able to get gas all that long Absolutely. Uh, I think I think that's some misinformation that's going around. Gas stations are not going anywhere. There's there's too many people that have gas cars and uh, too much need for it. Um, 
Now, when, now gas will get more scarce as the years go on. And, and actually, in our textbook at for automotive college, when I went to um, tech school, said that by 2045, we're going to have some serious shortages in, in gas and oil availability. So it, that's a, a scarcity situation that we're there. That's why they're moving to electric vehicles as, as fast as they can and trying to get us off oil dependency and gas dependency um, because it, it is going to be more scarce in these years to come. Um, but no, they're, they're, I don't think you have anything to worry about that there being gas eliminated from convenience stores when when it becomes more electric vehicles. I think that's uh, some misinformation that's going around to kind of keep people scared of electric cars. But um, that's just that electric cars are one of the answers to the problem that we're having with um, sourcing gas. Uh, another uh, uh, form of gas that we can use is compressed natural gas. Is something that they're looking and going to. Um, it's really high pressure and dangerous, so they're 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 looking at other alternatives too. So, um, but electric is one that's kind of standing out so far is working pretty good. It's as far as when you factor in everything that goes into it. Well, I, I'll agree with you on that being high pressure being dangerous because I've gotten blowed up with gas a time or two. All right, I thank you for the information. Absolutely. Thank you, Bobby. Let's go to Christopher on the coast. Christopher, what's your comment or question for Allison on AutoCorrect today? Hi. Uh, yes, uh, I was listening. I caught the, the middle of this conversation about this gentleman with the strut popping. Did I miss anything before that? Did he replace it? He said he did. Okay. See, I, I have a Ford Fusion, and I replaced my front and right strut with one from AutoZone, a door last. And after about a week, it started popping real bad, and I couldn't figure out what it was. So I replaced bushings. I replaced the sway bar links. I even had replaced my um, control arm, thinking the ball joint was bad, but none of the popping went away. So I kept thinking, what else could it be? So I decided one evening to take off that strut that I bought from AutoZone and put my original one back on, and the popping was gone. So the strut might, it should, it's going to be the issue, that popping sound. Every time you go over a bump, it has that pop, and that's what I had. So maybe you got one that was defective? Perhaps. Yeah. So okay. I, no more issues when I put my original one back on. So that's that's what the problem was. It was no bushings. It wasn't sway bar links. It was the strut. Every time it would actuate, it would pop, and that's that's what it was. So I just wanted to let the gentleman know it's that strut. And it's nothing else. Okay. And something else that could cause that in that strut on the top of the strut, there's a bearing in there. And that, uh -huh. that could have been what's actually popping and making that noise. Maybe the bearing went bad in the top of the strut because the strut has to turn with your wheel right. a little bit. And it, so it has a bearing at the top in the, in the, in the strut tower um, top, and, and, uh, and that can go bad. Yeah, so I just want to let the gentleman know that um, don't don't waste your money on any, everything uh, anything else like I did. Focus on the strut. Just put your original one back on, and you'll see that it was the strut. So that's that's my experience with the, the popping sound coming from the from the uh, suspension area. That's a good tip. Thank yep. you, Christopher. Thanks very much. We appreciate you right, calling thanks. in. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. 
we're suggesting how to prepare your car for winter weather and what to do during it, but that's just between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill. We hope that you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. Contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy. Thank you for your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. And in the news, for the first time, the Cherokee Nation is asking Jeep to change the name of its Cherokee and Grand Cherokee vehicles. The Cherokee Nation has commented on the record several times since Jeep started using the name in North America in 2013 after a 12-year hiatus. The principal chief of the Cherokee Nation told Car and Driver, Jeep has been building cars that wear the Cherokee Nation's name for more than 45 years. We're talking today about how to prepare your car for winter weather and what to do during it. Email us your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. Allison, before we go back to the phone lines, I want to go over a little bit more tips about ice and snow. One thing that just broke my heart was a a woman and a girl uh, died and two other people were hospitalized in Houston, Texas, because they were running the car in the closed garage to help keep the house warm, which had no power, but they died. Oh, my goodness. That's awful. Yeah. So uh, what do you have to say about, uh, you know, you don't run your car in the garage with the door closed, right? Absolutely not. It's carbon monoxide. It um, puts you to sleep, and you don't wake up. That's right. So, um, yeah, don't do that. Run it outside to warm up the car, but not to to keep a house warm. Not uh, a good idea. Give us a give us a tip about driving in the snow. One thing that's recommended is to not use your cruise control when driving on slippery surfaces. Um, if you were to lose control and then slam on your brake, it's coming straight from its full gas throttle to braking, which is one of the worst things you can do when you're sliding or losing grip on ice. It's just going to make it worse and make you fish tow worse, and you're going to lose control of your car. So it's 
uh, recommended to not use cruise control on slippery surfaces as ice and snow. Oh, I love my cruise control, but yeah, that's that's a rule you have to do. And also, uh, drive slower. I I don't know that how many feet business between cars. I can't do that. I always have to count. And if you usually count to two, you now should count to five. To you don't want to slide into the back end of somebody because then that's going to be on your insurance. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to Scott in Carthage. Scott, thank you for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Thank you. I appreciate your show. I've got a uh, a couple of questions on coil packs and fuel injection. I was told that I could uh, let the car idle and unplug a coil pack, and if it doesn't change anything, that uh, that coil pack's probably bad. And then on the, uh, that's about all I know to do on it. And uh, on the uh, fuel injection, take a multimeter and, and put it on ohms and find the range that they're supposed to be, like I think mine are 11.4 to 12.6 or something. And if they're real out of whack, replace that one. And uh, I was wondering if there's any truth to that. Yes, um, you're you're correct on that. But um, if your car is running bad, it should also have a check engine light come on and and let you know if there's a bad coil pack uh, or a bad injector. Um, but if it's not setting off a check engine light code. Then that's one. That, those are ways that you can test them to see if what which one is acting up. And you're you're correct about about those suggestions that you had. That that, that will help you identify what component is has gone bad. Okay. And I was uh, if you take the fuel rail loose and leave the injectors in and like turn the key on would fuel come out of all of those injectors yes what you'd want to do it would come out the fuel rail what you would want to do is pull the plug the fuse to the fuel pump system from coming out or the relay or the relay Mm -hmm. okay i was trying to uh maybe do some of that stuff myself but i I don't know. You think it's doable for somebody like, or should I take it to a shop and let them do it? I think those are DIY things, something you can do yourself. Um, you can at least try it. And, and you know, if it, if it gets to where you feel like you're, you're not really figuring it out, then take it to a shop. But you're you're headed in the right direction, and I, and I think you've kind of got the right idea about how to look for uh, those problem areas. Do you have a, a, a misfire going on on your vehicle? Yeah. Is this what's yeah. going on? And does it say yeah. what cylinder the misfire is? Yeah, it's kind of like one and uh, two and a 300, I think, is uh, everything. But right, but right uh, when I... Go ahead, I'm sorry. You have a multiple misfire situation going on? Yes. Okay, then this is a situation where you may want to take it to a shop because it's not just one cylinder doing it and let them figure out what's going on. You, um, There's multiple things that can cause multiple misfires at one time since you don't have just one cylinder. Or if you knew that it was on one bank, 
one side, then you know maybe it's a head gasket or something like that. If it's if there it's um you know all odd numbers one three five all on one bank or two four six uh, the other side it's of the engine. It's a four cylinder, and you're yeah. okay, and you're getting random misfires. That's something that can cause it too. The head gasket has gone bad. Um, random it's misfires. It's got two hundred and. Uh... I, had, I took it to the shop and he replaced one injector and I thought, man, I, I can't afford to have all them done like that. I said, i got to learn how to do it myself or I could buy a new vehicle for what I'd pay to replace all that. But if And then I've had one. multiple misfires, the chance that it's one injector is not likely. You may have something else going on. What vehicle is it and what year? 2002 Toyota Camry 2.4. <laughs> the 2.4 liter um you might have something else going on with the the vehicles and that's something you you need someone good to diagnose that and not just replace the part because you're still getting the misfire after having replaced that injector it's still running rough so you've got well something it's a p301 302 and a 300 which would be Cylinder one and two, and I don't know about the 300. Like you say, it could be. The 300 is can refer to the one and two misfiring, and since those two cylinders are next to each other, it lets you know that possibly it's a head gasket issue where they're it's leaking between those two cylinders. But this is something that that you may for something like Would that. Would a compression you may, you check show the uh, head gasket? Yes. Do a compression check maybe on one and two? Yes. And if and that I, checks I, out? Right, then you know that, that that's possible. There's also a head gasket kit you can get to to test it. You can rent the, the little tester tube and everything from an auto parts store and buy the liquid that you put in there and do a head gasket test for leak, and you put it on your radiator and put that fluid in there, and then if it oh, turns okay. yeah. or color, yeah. it, you may be familiar with that then. Okay, that's that's good. That's that's one way to test if your head gasket has gone bad. Well, I because noticed. that's the thing that's common between those two cylinders is the head gasket. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to do what I can. I'll put a set of plugs in it, and uh, I'm, I'm maybe I'm heading in the right direction. I don't know. But... Uh, I was going to ask also, you said you own a Prius. I was looking into buying one. Would you recommend that? Absolutely. They're, they're a great car. Um, uh, between 2009 and 2012, they had a, a problem. Toyota in general had a problem with their four-cylinder engines using oil. So I'd stay away from those models, but all the years around them um, are not known to have those problems. So... 2005, 2006 to 2008, um, and then 2013 and later are good models that didn't report having those same issues. That was uh, a particular the piston rings go bad in the in those models that I listed. So do a little research on which models to get, but overall they're they're a great vehicle to have. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, one other question is uh, people are freaked out about the battery replacement on them. Is that something to be? Uh, yeah, uh, just be prepared for it. If you're Usually, and it happened to mine, I need to replace the hybrid battery in mine. It's 11 years old. 
at about 11 years, they tend to wear out. And the thing to do is don't replace the modules individually because there's about 28 modules in there. You can buy a module and replace that. But what you want to do is replace the whole battery, and you can look into different batteries. Would you replace yours on your car? I haven't replaced mine yet. Um, Actually, what I'm doing is kind of milking mine along. I actually have to get in my car and clear a non-existent check engine light, but I have to go through a clear process for the computer, and then it'll let me crank it up um, Um. while I'm waiting to save up for a hybrid battery. Because they're, I mean, they're they are expensive. They run. You can get a a remanufactured one for and have it installed for about eighteen hundred dollars give or take you can find them cheaper than that and install them yourself and that sort of thing or you can get one from toyota a, a new one the upfront cost is about three thousand dollars but when you bring back your old hybrid battery you get back 1300 of that or so and so that the ending cost ends up being about 17 1900 or so and um so it's something to be aware of, you know, but it's still worth it because the gas mileage that you save and then the utility of the Priuses are really nice. With them being a hatchback like they are, it's amazing what you can put in the back of them. I actually put a whole engine <laughs> transmission bolted together in the back of my car and drove it all the way from North Carolina to Mississippi without an issue and fit it in the wow. back of my pre. Yeah. So they're they're very utilitarian nice. and I and I like that about them. Well, all right. Well, thanks and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep listening to you guys. Thank you, right. Mark. We we love it when fe- folks say they like to listen to us. Let's go to Mark in Gulfport. Mark, thanks for calling in on to AutoCorrect today. Yes, hello. Uh, thanks for having me. So I have a 2011. Um, with 120,000 miles, and I'm experiencing excessive road noise. I thought that it may be the tires. I replaced the tires, still getting the road noise. I thought that it may be the bearings. I replaced the front bearings. Um, I can't really tell if the if the noise has diminished at all. Um, and I just thought I'd I'd call in. I heard the show was on, so I thought I'd call in before I went ahead and replaced the the rear hub assembly because you know those are uh, a sledgehammer to get off. So I'm um, just just curious what your thoughts are on that. You said it was a 2011. What vehicle was it? A Buick Regal. Buick Regal. Um, they might be easy to do on the back, but uh, what you do is take the tire off and spin it. See if it's making too much noise. See if it's loose. Um, okay. See if it's making more noise than it's supposed to before you replace both of them. You can replace just one at a time if you want. They they say you should replace both at the same time, but you don't have to do that. You can wait till it goes out, but um, it's not going to hurt anything. But replace the one that's messed up. So you may have one in the rear that's doing it too. But on road noise, something your tires can do is it's called feathering and you rub your hand across it in the direction that the tire turns, go the opposite of that. And if you feel ripplings across the tread, that means the tread is feathered up and can make noise. So that's another thing that can happen. And did you have your tires replaced? Maybe they put them on the wrong direction because most tires are directional these days. That's a possibility also. Um, I had two of the tires replaced and they were put on the rear. Um, and I, I think just between the, the two, because it sounded like the, the noise was coming from the front, 
okay. especially the front passenger. So I replaced both of those bearings. Um, and I had rotated the tires, and I was still getting the the noise, so I had the tires replaced, but the the tire place said that the tires were worse in the rear after I had rotated them. That sounds about right. So um, right. They, re they replaced the tires in the rear. So you have new tires, so the chance of feathering is fairly low, but I, they have arrows on them. You can check them to make sure they're pointed in the right direction, directionally. But other than that, usually road noise is bearings okay. going back. Yeah, You're heading in the right direction. All right, then. Well, I'll just go ahead and uh, go ahead and get that done and hope for the best. Yes, indeed. Thanks, Mark. We appreciate you calling in. We are discussing how to prepare your car for winter weather and what to do during it and taking your repair questions. You can send us an email to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up. You are not going to believe the price on this car he drove around. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. Well, my family's been traveling this weekend, and we had the perfect vehicle to do it, the 2021 Cadillac Escalade Platinum Edition. The outside has a bigger and bolder grille, horizontal LED headlamps, just looks beautiful. But the inside's what really gets attention, just layers of wood and leather and woven cloth, but a lot of technology too. It has the world's largest automotive OLED touchscreen, wraps around the entire instrument cluster, you can control the audio system, climate, navigation. There's even a night vision camera and an augmented reality navigation system. All very cool. Comes the AKG audio system, 36 speakers, 360 degrees of sound, rear seat entertainment. Underneath the skin, completely redesigned too. An independent rear suspension, air ride. You can raise it up, smooth driving. 420 horsepower V8 to get it down the road. All very nice. Well, the base price of the Escalade is $76,000. This one as equipped, $109,500. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. is autocorrect if you've missed any of our program you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org autocorrect is heard on mpb think radio thursdays at 10 a.m with a replay saturdays at 11 stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m at southern remedy kids and teens with dr morgan mcleod i'm liz gill i'm with the lady auto mechanic allison walker ase certified we've been talking today about 
tips for being in the ice and snow, but we've also been taking your vehicle repair questions, just like this one from Bob in Hattiesburg. Bob, thank you so much for calling into AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question for the show? Hi, I got to follow up on electric or hybrid cars. Um, one thing I don't think we're considering is the long-term repair cost of these things. You just mentioned something about a Prius battery being good for about 11 years. I know they're warranted for 100,000 miles. I have, I'm on my number four Prius right now. I love them. I've got a Prius V, and it's got more room than most SUVs. However, um, keeping cars over 100,000 miles and over 10 years, which a lot of people around here do, could be an issue for all these hybrids and electrics. The Prius has a nickel metal hydride battery, which lasts longer and is cheaper than the lithium batteries, which are in all the new electric cars. My question is, what what's the life of uh, lithium batteries in the newer cars, and what's the cost to replace a battery in like a Chevy Volt or a Tesla or anything like that? Right, those are good points. I believe it does cost more, like you said, for the lithium batteries, but I think it's out to be determined on how long they last because they're fairly, still relatively new. Um, I'm not hearing, I haven't really heard or there's not much news out about how long they're lasting and I don't have personal uh, experience with that. But um, I'm assuming they're lasting longer and the ranges are longer as, as, as far as when you charge them and how, long, how far you can go with them. And that's why they went to lithium. Um, but I'm assuming and hoping that they last even longer than the, the nickel metal hybrid batteries that are in the cars now. But I think that is still to be determined at this point because the electrical vehicles, there's, there, there's only so many out on the road. and. And, there, and that's um, I, I have a, a friend with an electric vehicle, a Nissan Leaf, and he hasn't had to replace his battery. And I think he's he's had it for over 11 years now. And um, and, I, and he's never mentioned having to, to change that that battery in his. So perhaps they do last longer. But I think that's to be determined at this point. And uh, and we're still figuring all that out. Bob, we appreciate you calling in, and Allison, I predict we'll be talking about electric and hybrid vehicles in the years to come, which I hope we'll be doing that on AutoCorrect. That's going to that's gonna wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our call screener today has been Jay White, and our board engineer has been Michelle McAdoo. We're going to have some more tips about driving in the snow and some of the things we've talked about. We'll have that on the information for this show's webpage and podcast. So for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic, I'm Liz Gill. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.